Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from, from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Today I want to share a message with you titled that last phrase that Mary said to God. She said, let it be to me. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and tell him, let it be to me. Tell him, let it be to me. Lord, I pray right now that you would speak to us from your word, that you would challenge us with it and we would leave here different than we came in. We thank you for the birth of you, Jesus, and we celebrate that today in this place, in your name, amen, amen. Well, hey, so good to see you guys. How's everybody doing today? You made it through the rain. Thank you for being here. My name is Caleb, and I have the blessing of being the lead pastor here at Project Church along with my wife, Chrissy. And uh, man, I just wanted to welcome you guys to Christmas at the Crest. We've been doing this for a few years, but this is our last one. Um, if you didn't know, we bought a building in Old Sacramento uh, a few months back, and uh, we are under construction. So we should be in, I'm just going to say, end of March, early April. We've been saying we should be, we should be in soon, but we're close. We're close. So we're going to be moving into our permanent home. And uh, we would love for you to join us there. But in the meantime, we'll still be meeting here at the Crest and uh, at Stonegate Elementary for our West Sac campus. We got West Sac in the house. We got downtown in the house. So both our campuses together, we're going to have a great day. And I'm excited to share with you from God's word um, as I just read Luke chapter 1. But the title of my message is what I told you earlier and what Mary said to God. She said, let it be to me. Now, who here believes that God wants what's best for you? Like that God wants what's best for your life. Hopefully most of you in here, maybe some of you came because you thought a girl was cute or uh, one, of your, your, one of your nephews or nieces was singing, so your, your family convinced you to come and maybe you don't think that way. Well, hey, we're so glad you're here. 
But man, I was thinking about this and uh, about this message today, and it brought me back to a couple years back. I had the opportunity to play a round at Pebble Beach Golf Course. Now, if you know anything about golf, you know that Pebble Beach is like the mecca of golf. And uh, this is on everyone's bucket list to be able to play Pebble Beach. And so I was, man, I was so amped. I couldn't sleep the night before, much like a lot of you because of Christmas at the Crest this morning. I know how excited you were. And I couldn't sleep. I woke up super, super early, and me and my buddy, we were playing together that day. And so we drove from the hotel we were staying in to the driving range at Pebble Beach. And on the drive down, man, we wake up. It is a perfect day. The sun's out. There's not much wind. I mean, man, it, we are just blessed. And we're driving, and I say to him, I say, listen, bro, the only thing that can make this day any better is if we saw Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all, come on. And, uh, and he's like, bro, come on. That will never happen. Those are his words. That will never happen. And I'm like, okay, bro, you never know. And so we pull up to the driving range at Pebble Beach, and we are the only car in the parking lot, and there is one other car. Now, we got there early because, you know, it's, uh, we're excited. We're the first ones at the range. And as we get out of the car, I'm pulling my clubs out. I turn, and walking to the car 10 feet from me, the other car, the only other car in the parking lot is Tiger Woods. And I am frozen in time. Because I grew up watching Tiger Woods, and like I don't think I would be starstruck in many occasions, but this was one of those moments where I didn't know what to say. And I was just like frozen. I'm like, Tiger, it's you. And, and he's like, what's up, guys? My friend, he was so frozen, he didn't say nothing. And he just gets in his car and drives away. And I didn't even pull out my phone for a selfie. I didn't grab We were the only ones there. But, man, I was in awe. I was starstruck. But it was one of those moments. And my buddy, uh, as he drove away, I'm like, bro, did that just happen? And he's like, I don't know how, but it did. But I was thinking back to, man, I said to him, I was like, bro, just a few minutes earlier, you said that will never happen. You said there's no way. And so what I want to talk to you about today is, the, is this idea of the promises of God. Because I think that God has made promises to us. He's declared promises over us. And yet a lot of us push back on those promises. In fact, we say there's no way. We say, well, that sounds good, but it couldn't happen for me. In fact, many of you in this place, you don't say let it be to me like Mary did. You actually say let it be to him. Because he's more holy than me. Or let it be to her because she comes from the right background. Or let it be to someone. Or, or let it be to that person. Let it be to anyone else. But it can't be to me. And I believe God today wanted us to declare over 2020 something new in this place. He wanted you to leave here declaring let it be to me. Let it be to you, let it be to me. I've been having problems with this Bible. Come on, somebody, pray for me. 
the book of Luke. What are you doing to me? Let it be to me. You see, I think that when promises come our way, we often react the way that Mary reacted. And we react in a way that is often pushing back on the very promises that God wants to declare over us and over our future. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to 2020. I'm looking forward to a new decade. Some of you are happy to see the last decade go. How many of you are happy the last decade is over? Some of you feel me. I believe that the best is coming in this next decade for my life. And I always declare that and believe that. And yet so many of us respond to God's promises the way Mary responded to this promise that God was declaring over her. And here's how we respond. You see, we respond just like she responded. So we get a promise from God, and what do we do? We are troubled. We're troubled by the promise. It actually says here, and I I read it for you a moment ago, this angel speaks over Mary, and he says to her, he says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. That's pretty positive, wouldn't you say? And how does Mary respond to that? But she was greatly troubled at the saying. Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you, and Mary is troubled. doesn't really make sense. And yet if you think about it, many of us respond to the good things that God speaks over us, the the promises that God declares over our lives, and even some of the good things God gives to us in this same way. We think there's no way. There's no way I could see Tiger Woods. It's never going to happen. We think there's no way that this job could be as good as it seems. It's never going to happen. We think there's no way this relationship will work out because every other relationship I've ever been in has ended in failure. It's never going to happen. And so we're troubled even by the good things that God speaks over our life. I was thinking about my wife the other day and on this same theme of golf. You see, I love to golf. And often I'll hit up my wife and say, hey, babe, the boys... Because it's never me that initiates it. It's always the boys. You know, like, the boys want to play golf on Friday. What do you think? And that's our day off, and often Fridays we spend together. And uh, she'll respond a lot of times with this one word, and she'll be like, sure. But how many of you know sure doesn't always really mean yes? Because I heard that this is some marriage advice for y'all right now, okay? Because I hear the tone, and while the word may seem like a yes, the tone may actually be telling me no. And so I'll hear, sure, and then I'll have to be like, wait, 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 wait. Like, are, are, you, are you sure that you're sure? Like, is this, a, is this a yes sure? Or like a, if you do this, I will murder you late, later sure, you know? Is this a yes sure or are you going to pay for this all weekend sure? Is it that kind of sure? And, and I was thinking about it because so often we're troubled by what God speaks over us and even the good things that God speaks over us. And we think that God must have some ulterior motives. Like I'm guessing Mary, she hears, oh, you're, you're favored and the Lord is with you. And she's like, wait, 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 wait. Like, Me? Mary was 16 years old, most likely. A teenage girl? Me? Like, I'm I'm a nobody. 
Nobody knows who I am. Like, yeah, I'm engaged, but, but, but I'm a nobody. I'm just a teenage girl. Me, like, I'm troubled by this, this favor, and that the Lord is with me. And so often we're troubled at the good things that God sends to us. God doesn't want you to be troubled. He wants you to embrace the promises that he has on your life. He wants you to celebrate these promises. So we respond like Mary did. We're troubled. Second way we respond is we just try to discern what it means. So what does Mary do? It says in verse 29, this, this angel says to her, favored one, the Lord is with you. She's troubled and tries to discern what sort of greeting this might be. She says, wait, wait, wait. What does God really mean by this? Favored one, the Lord is with you. There, there, this must be something bad. This must mean something else for me. This must mean that, that, that something bad is coming my way. And so often we try to discern the good things that God sends to us because we doubt that God is the good God that we see. We actually doubt how much God loves us. And I want to declare to you today that God loves you. You see, I have three kids. And they'll often ask my wife and I, like, they'll whisper to us and they'll get us alone. And they'll be like, Caleb, they don't call me Caleb. They'll be, Dad, Daddy, who's your favorite? Mommy, Mommy, who's your favorite? You know what I tell them? You are. They'll be like, for real? I'm like, for real. You're my favorite. And then the other one will come to me, Dad, who's your favorite? Mommy, who's, who's your favorite? I'll be like, you are. For real? Really? Yes. You're my favorite. They all three think that they're my favorite. And I want to tell you something. All three of them are. Because as a father, a loving father, I love them all. I love them all individually, uniquely, specially, and all three of them are my favorite. And I wanted you to hear this today because some of you think that God, and you're trying to discern, does God really love me? Does God really have purposes for me? Does he really want the best for you? You need to hear today in this place, you are God's favorite. Every person in this room, you are God's favorite. God has good intentions for you, good purposes for you, good plans for you. And some of you, you hear, bless, oh favored one, the Lord is with you. And you're thinking, no, 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 I'm not his favorite. It's that guy. He's more holy. He's more spiritual. She's more holy. She's more spiritual. I, they don't come from the same background I have. They don't have the same sin in their past like I do. And God wanted to tell you today, you're my favorite. Stop trying to discern what favored means. Stop trying to discern what the Lord is with you means and just embrace that you're favored, that you're God's favorite, and that God has plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you. So what do we do? We're troubled. We try to discern, like, what does this really mean? I mean, this sounds good, but what could it really mean? Third is we, we question. We question what God is saying to us. Verse 34, Mary actually says to the angel, she says, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Now this one I kind of get. How many of you get this one? Like if, I know there's some kids in here, and so I'm not going to go into the details of it. Um, but most of us know in this place, like, 
you're a virgin and you're pregnant, that doesn't make sense. And yet God says to her, here's how it's going to happen, and explains it to her. And yet she questions, she's like, how can this be? How can this be since I'm a virgin? And so many of us are questioning the promises of God, the plans of God. We're thinking there's no way it could be possible because it doesn't make sense in our terms. It doesn't make practical sense according to man's thoughts, man's ideas, according to how man could see it happen. i got to be honest with you. I spoke it out that I was going to see Tiger Woods, but I didn't believe that I was going to see Tiger Woods. And yet I experienced something that I never thought I would experience. God is speaking some things over you, and yet we question them as if it's us that's declaring them. And you needed to hear this because some of you are like, well, is this me or is this God? The Bible tells us that the Lord has, wants to give us the desires of our heart. That the Lord has put those dreams in you. He's put those desires in you. They're from God. And some of us are questioning them and saying, well, maybe this is just me. Maybe this is just my flesh. Listen, if it lines up with God's word and you believe he's given it to you, stop questioning it and just keep waiting on it. Because God's timing may be different, but God's timing is perfect. And so many of us are walking through life, and we have dreams, and we have plans, and and we have desires, and we're hoping for something, and God's even spoken things over us, and yet we walk through life skeptical, questioning everything. And I wanted to tell you right now, God isn't afraid of your questions. He's not afraid of your skepticism. It doesn't threaten him. But I'll tell you this, walking in a, with a skeptical, questioning mindset is one that will little by little diminish your faith. And God wants today to build your faith, and he's telling you, just trust me. Just believe in me. Just go to the last thing that Mary does. Because most of us, we go through this process. God says something good to us. He speaks a blessing over us. He makes a promise to us. We question it. We try to discern, like, it can't be really that good. It can't really be as good as it seems. And then, and then we, we try to discern, like, but what does he really mean by that? Like, he's going to bless me? He's going to give something good to me? What does he really mean by it? And then finally, we do what Mary did. We finally submit. And Mary says in verse 38, she says, I am servant of the Lord. Let it be to me as you have said. That's what I wanted to get to you today, this idea of let it be to me. Because some of you are walking through this life with a let it be to her. Let it be to them. Let it be to someone else. Let it be to that person. Let it be to their life. Let it be to their relationship. Let it be to their marriage. And God wanted to tell to you tell you today to embrace and start to walk in the let it be to me mindset. That you would say, let it be to me. The promises from God, let it be to me as you said. The dreams that God has given you, let it be to me as you put those in me. Let it be to me, God. And finally, we submit. My wife, uh, you know, when we got married, I married a strong woman. How many got some strong women in your life? I had a strong mother, so I had to marry a strong woman. And I I read the Bible with her. I was like, you see this passage right here? It says, wives, submit to your husbands. 
And she was like, that's nice, but it also says husbands die for your wives. And I was like, well, I need you to submit, but I ain't sure I'm ready to die. You know what I'm saying? For you. But I love, my, I love how strong she is. But submission is something that is hard for us as human beings. We don't want to submit to anything or anyone. Even the word in and of itself bothers us. You hear the word submit and you're like, uh-uh. I ain't submitting to no man. I'm not submitting to God. Like, I, I don't submit to anybody. And yet God is saying, no, submit to my will. Submit to my plans. Submit to my purposes because they're always better. Let me tell you, God's plans, his purposes, his will is always better than what you think you need for your life. It's always better than even what you think would be best for your life. And so we take our time and we go through this process, but finally we often submit. And, and I love that Mary finally at the end, after Jesus and God, the reason I said he's not afraid of your questions, I don't know if you noticed when I read it, but after she's like, how can this be? She's terrified. She's troubled. She's discerning. She's questioning. And then finally, she submits at the end, but she submits at the end after God responds to all her questions. How many of you know God will respond when you question him? It doesn't bother him. He's like, oh, okay, you want to know how? Let me, let me tell you how. So what is God's response to Mary's doubt, which is also God's response to our doubt. God responds to her. He says, Mary, you're favored. You're favored. You're my favorite. I have my hand upon you. He says, Mary, you're favored. And God wanted to tell you today, he's responding to your doubt and my doubt by saying you are favored. Second, he responds to her. He says, God is with you. You're not alone in this. You're not walking through this life alone. And some of you, if you were honest with yourself, you say, the only reason I'm alive today is because God has been with me. If God wasn't with me, I wouldn't be here today. If God hadn't been chasing me this whole time, I probably wouldn't be positioned like I am in this moment. Some of you have been walking through life and you've wondered, you're like, how is this still happening? Why am I still positioned the way I am? Why? Because God is with you. God responds to our doubt, our skepticism. He says, you're favored. He says, I'm with you. Third, he says, don't fear. Don't fear. And when you say fear, you got to go up like that too. Don't fear. Because like, I say faith. And I say fear. God actually says to him, he says, do not fear. He's speaking to the angel, to Mary. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. I've got your back. Some of you are walking through life anxiety-filled, faithless, and, and God wanted to tell you right now, you're afraid, and he's saying, stop being afraid and start walking in faith. Do not fear. I've got you in a situation that seems crazy. And let me tell you, Mary's situation was crazy. Because in this day, if you get pregnant outside of wedlock, you are marked for life. Your husband will divorce you. You'll be cast aside. You could even be stoned. Women were stoned to death in this day for committing adultery. So Mary, I'm sure there was some fear that started to rise up in her when God says, I got a promise for you, Mary. I'm going to get you pregnant. And it's not going to be by your husband. It's going to be by the Holy Spirit. And I just want you to know. And she's going, oh, are you sure? I don't know about you, but God has asked me to do some things that made me scared. 
that made me afraid, that made me terrified. And I want to tell you right now, in those moments, that's when my faith began to rise up. You see, faith is not the absence of fear. It's believing and trusting God in the midst of it. And so when God said to her, don't be afraid, he's saying, I know you're afraid, but it's time to shift your fear into faith. And trust in me, even in a situation that seems crazy. And some of you are in a circumstance, a situation, you're walking into a dream, into a desire in your life, and you're like, this doesn't make sense. This seems crazy. The only way it's going to happen is with God. And let me tell you, that's the best place to be. You don't have to be afraid. You can walk in faith. Ooh, I'm preaching. I don't know if y'all are listening. He says to her next. He's speaking to her through the angel, and he says, don't fear. Jesus is in you. He says, what's in you is from me. And I want to tell you right now, as Christians, and we got some Christians in the house. As Christians, I think some of us have forgotten that the Savior of the world lives in us. And this is God's response to our doubt. We're going, I'm afraid. I don't know how I'm going to get through this situation. I don't know how I'm going to fix this circumstance. I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of this. And God's saying, what do you mean? I'm in you. The Savior of the world is in you. The man that conquered death, hell, and the grave is in you. You don't have to be afraid. You can walk in faith. Why? Because Jesus is in you. And some of you that don't know Jesus, you've been wondering why there's, it's always felt like something was missing. You've been walking through life wondering why, why, why nothing ever fulfilled you, why there always seemed to be a gap in you, why something was always missing in your life. I want to tell you, it's because Jesus was meant to be in you. There's a gap in you, and it can only be filled by him, the Savior of the world. You see, this is God's response to our doubt. He responds to Mary. He says, listen, the Savior of the world is in you. What's in you is from me. And today we can walk in the same way. We're going to have doubt. Guess what? I'm a pastor. I doubt at times. But I want to tell you something today. I know that Jesus is in me. And when the doubt starts to rise, then I feel Jesus rising within me. And and it goes on and he says, he says to Mary, the angel says, listen, you know how you're going to have this baby? Because the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And somebody need to hear this in this place. Because not only is Jesus in you, but when you put your faith in Jesus, now the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit leads you. He guides you. He strengthens you. He empowers you. He makes you walk in a different way, talk with a different voice. He makes you see with different eyes. He makes you hear with different ears. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and changes every way you live. So in your doubt, know that the Holy Spirit is on you. You don't have to walk in the same way. We don't walk like the world. We don't live like the world. We don't think like the world. We don't talk like the world. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes upon us and begins to change all those things. But he's also patient with us. Because our flesh is always battling against our spirit. And as the flesh battles, the spirit begins to go to battle with us. And I've found that whatever I feed gets stronger. I don't know if you've experienced that. But when I go to the gym, when I work out my biceps, they get stronger. When I work out my legs, I know y'all don't believe it, they get stronger. He don't, he don't do leg day. He skips it. Skinny jeans. The Holy Spirit has to be fed in our lives. 
the spirit man has to be fed. We got to feed that side of us and say, that's what I want to lead me. That's what I want to guide me. I wake up every morning and say, God, make me attuned to your spirit. Let my eyes see the way the Spirit wants me to see. Let me say things that the Spirit would lead me to say. And when I live like that, man, the doubt begins to leave. And then finally, I love this end of this little section. Mary says, I'm the servant. Let it be to me. According to your word, if the band will come back. But in verse 37, she says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Did you see that? Nothing will be impossible with God. And today, I think that some of you came into this room and you're facing some impossible situations. You're facing some impossible circumstances. And what God wanted to say to you today is nothing is impossible with me. If you bring me into it, I'll bring you out of it. If you bring me into it, I'll fix it. Your marriage, this seems like it's over. Nothing is impossible for God. Your finances, that you've been drowning in debt for years, nothing is impossible with God. That dream job that you thought you'd never get, to, you'd never get nothing is impossible with God. Seeing Tiger Woods, nothing is impossible with God. That desire, that plan, that dream, that business, nothing is impossible with God. That sickness that's had you held down and beat down for years, maybe even decades, nothing is impossible for God. We have to invite the God of the universe into every situation and circumstance in our life. Why? Because nothing will be impossible with God. You try to do it in Kayla's power, insert your name, I try to do it in my power, it's impossible. But with God, it's always possible. Fixing this circumstance in my strength, not going to happen. Bringing God into it, nothing's impossible. I just want to encourage you today. Because I think that a lot of you have been walking through life and you've been going, even maybe this year, maybe this whole last decade. And this is for a lot of Christians in this room too. And you've been walking with this let it be for someone else mindset. And you're, you're quick to bless others. You're quick to believe for others. You're quick to say, yeah, good things are going to come for others. You're quick to say, yeah, that marriage will get better. They'll get out of debt. They'll get their dream job. But to me, nah, it's never going to happen. And I believe God wanted to shift a mindset in this church today that we would begin to walk in faith and we would say, let it be to me. Let it be to me. It's not just for them or her or that person or the righteous person or the holy person. No. Let it be to me. Why? Because God spoke it over us. He said, you are favored. 
He said, God is with you. He said, you have nothing to fear. He said, Jesus is in you. He said, the Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. He said, nothing will be impossible with me. Let it be to me. Every person in this room needs to change to this mindset. Because I think we've been walking through life and we don't have faith for ourselves. We don't have faith for what God wants to do in us and through us. And I want to tell you, until the church begins to walk in this mindset, in this spirit, in this heart, we're never going to walk fully purpose-filled like God has called us to. And so I just want to challenge you that as we leave this place today, that you would say, God, let it be to me. That Christmas Day, you would wake up and say, let it be to me. God, 2020 is going to be my best year yet. Let it be to me. The next decade is going to be my best decade ever. Let it be to me. That job, that business, that desire, that dream you put in my heart, let it be to me. That relationship that I believe is coming, let it be to me. My marriage, which has been broken, God, let it be to me. Fix it. He wants to release promises in this room today but it takes us to receive the promises and say yes Lord let it be to me it's not just for someone else it's for me you know what I love about the Savior he's personal he's personal and that's why he's speaking to some of you individually today and you're breaking right now in your heart and you're going I think it's the music I think it's the because there's a bunch of people in here. This can't be really God speaking to me. No, no. There's a personal God and a personal spirit that is touching you right now in your heart, in your spirit. And he's saying, I have a promise for you. I see you. I sent my son Jesus for you. I came to die for you. I'm here for you. I've got the best in store for you. Let it be to me. Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to hand out some candles. And as you receive a candle, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, to turn it on, and to sing this song with us. And let this be our declaration today that we would say, let it be to me, God. Let it be to me, God. As you receive the candle, stand, turn it on, and sing with us today in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to just challenge us today before we sing this last song. I want to ask you to say something with me. Say, I am favored. Say, God is with me. Say, I will not fear. Say, Jesus is in me. Say, the Holy Spirit is upon me. Say, nothing will be impossible with God. Today, before we go, I want to give you an opportunity. I believe there's maybe someone in this room who's never surrendered their life to Jesus Christ. See, this Savior came as a baby, but he didn't stay a baby. He grew into a man and lived a perfect life and died a painful death, the death we should have died so we could receive life that could only come from him. And maybe you've been walking through this life and you felt this emptiness, like something is missing. And today I want to tell you, it's the hole that only Jesus can fill. And so I want to invite you to receive this Savior today in this place, on this December 22nd, Christmas at the Crest. Or maybe you're in this room and you say, Caleb, that, that was me 
but I came to God, but I've actually ran from God. I've turned my back on God, but today you want to come back. I'm just going to ask for heads to be bowed and eyes to be closed for a moment of privacy. If you're in this room, you say, Caleb, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus for the first time, or I need to recommit myself to him for this next year, for 2020. Would you lift your light up so I can see it right now? Just put it up high. Lights are going up all around the room. Come on, church. That's what it's about. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. You can put them down. The Bible says when one name is written in the book of life, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we're rejoicing today. The best decision you could ever make. But for the rest of you, I just want to ask you, maybe if you were honest with yourself, you say, Caleb, I need to embrace a different mindset. And I've been walking in a let it be for someone else. But today, you know that this word is from you for you. And you need to walk out of this room saying, let it be to me as the word has been spoken. Let it be to me what God has said. Let it be to me the promises over my life. If that's you, would you lift your light? If you're like, I got to shift to a let it be to me mindset today. Moving into 2020. Yes, lights going up all around the room. Everyone in here, repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying. But thank you for coming for me. I ask you today to come into my life, to forgive me of my sin, to change me into something new, a new creation in you. Today, I change my mindset and I say, let it be to me let it be to me for my life for my future for my dreams for the plans and the purposes you've put on me and in me we love you jesus in your name amen can we kind of clap with some candles in our hands give god some praise would you lift your voices with us for this last song? Let this be our declaration. Let it be to me. And we'll be right back. Come on, sing with us. this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.